With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? It's the Love, the Jam, the podcast. I'm Shapan, coming to you as always with Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I am doing pretty well, Shapa. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm on the night shift life, so it's weird. This is my day off, so I'm talking and it's night. So that's fine, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, uh, things have been fine. The Clippers had a very fine night last night. They won 150 to 101, which is, uh, which is a score that happens in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah, they, they won by a lot of points against the Hawks, who are getting destroyed by the Lakers right now, too. Uh, so the Hawks have not had a fun weekend in Los Angeles. But, I mean... Had a fun weekend for us. We very much needed that win. I guess we can talk briefly about it. I think we'll talk about it a little bit more. We'll go in order of these games, but maybe we can just talk about that game since it just happened. Rob, what, what did you feel about that, that game yesterday? Just briefly, you can touch on it. <laughs> I mean, I think really, sometimes I think we overcomplicate things. And basketball, <laughs> in the end, is, is a sport that we watch for entertainment. And that was the most entertaining game the Clippers have played since their opener against the Lakers. Um, I think you could argue with the Warriors game also being pretty fun. Um, But for the most part, I don't think they've been particularly fun to watch this year. And a lot of their games have not been fun to watch, both because of them and just because of their opponents and the way the games have turned out. Oh, yesterday's game was a lot of fun. It wasn't fun for Hawks fans. And, um, you know, it might have been fun if it was a little more competitive. But uh, we got to see every single player on the Clippers who is healthy, suit up and every single player on the Clippers who checked in scored uh, and did something good. And it was just, it was great to see them play that well and really blow the doors off, off the Hawks. So I had a lot of fun watching that. Um, and that's yeah. really the most important thing. Yeah. I think we'll come back to that game. Let's, let's kind of start from the first game of the week, which feels like it was so long ago, but the first game of the week was a Raptors Clippers game. Um, that was on Monday, 98-88 Clippers, where Kawhi Leonard really did not look particularly great, but almost had a triple-double. The rest of the team really picked him up, and uh, it was a real grind-out win against a Raptors team who is still underrated, will be perennial underrated, and it's just a quality squad. Um, I think we can go into details on this game a bit, but just your, your first uh, reaction from that game, too. I know it was a while ago, Rob. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was... That was the exact kind of game I think the Clippers have played a lot this year yep. where it was very grindy and a lot of the times it wasn't very pretty. They didn't necessarily look very good, uh, but they were able to get the win. That first quarter was super ugly, one of the ugliest quarters they've played this year. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, they were great. And then fourth quarter, they really put the clamps down on Toronto. Toronto was coming off a, a back-to-back. They looked completely gassed yeah. uh, down the stretch of that game. The Clippers were kind of able to... Uh, run away with it is a bit strong, but they were able to take firm control, and it was certainly not pretty, but uh, it was a good win against, as you mentioned, the Toronto Raptors team that's very good. Yeah, the Clippers outscored the Raptors 25-10. to 10. 
Um, Kawhi didn't score a lot of points in the fourth quarter, which he has been doing recently, but he still was uh, had his imprints all over that game, 12, 11, and 9 with 9 assists. Also had 9 turnovers, 3 steals. He had a great bounce pass to Montrez Harrell to kind of put the game away, which was uh, pretty exciting. But yeah, just kind of – I've said slop over and over again when talking about the Clippers. It's because they're just – these games are just kind of – just grindy games. They, yeah. they really hit the boards hard that game. Mm-hmm. Kawhi had 11 boards. Zubat had nine boards in 16 minutes. Uh, Pat Beverly, of course, had 12 boards. Jim, Jermichael Green had 12 and was uh, a nice presence in the fourth quarter. Montrez yep. Harrell uh, also had 11 boards. So just a ton of boards for a team we're kind of used to last year being behind on the boards pretty often. Yep. So it's good to see that despite being quote-unquote undersized with Zubat being our only seven-footer, we were able to get boards against what is a long team. And of note, the Clippers kind of debuted that lineup in the fourth quarter of uh, Kawhi. I'm trying to think, it was a Kawhi, Pat, Harkless, Harrell, and Green? Was that yeah, the lineup? I think so. Yeah. yeah. What did you feel about that lineup, Rob? I mean, I like it. I, I like when the Clippers play with size, and I like when they play as many of their wings as possible because other wings are all quite good. Yeah. Um, you know, Kawhi was not particularly great that game just in terms of scoring and he did have a ton of turnovers. Um, and that lineup, you know, does not have a lot of shot creation, but their defense was incredible. And it was the main reason why they were able to win is because they, they locked yep. in on defense mm-hmm. and having, you know, four different guys out there really who could guard Pascal Siakam or at least, mm-hmm. you know, do a, a feasible job on him was a big reason for slowing him down. He was 6 of 17. Um, and it was one of his worst games this season. A lot of that was because the Clippers had so many guys to throw at him. So, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good lineup. I, I do like it when Docs plays more of the wing-heavy lineups um, and less of the two big-man lineups. I mean, I guess Jermichael and, and Trez are technically both big men, but um, Green functions more as a wing, really with how yeah. the Clippers play. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I like that lineup. I thought it was a good fit for that particular game. Yeah, I think they did a really good job matching, really like rolling with the punches because the Raptors, you always hear they're so long and they're so versatile. They're just long, long, long players. And we uh, we took it to them. They were they were very good considering it was the second game of a back-to-back. They lost Ananobi quickly into the game on an eye poke. Um, but they just kept bringing bodies. Boucher was impressive. Hollis Jefferson was very good defensively. He had some great possessions defensively. Um, Nice player. I mean, I know he kind of got – nice player defensively, I should say. Um, But good for him for kind of getting his niche back in the league. Even um, Terrence Davis had a nice game. That that shop – um, Thomas was a nice – you just have good players all around. I don't know how the Raptors just keep bringing up good players at the bottom of their bench that you feel like are rotation players, but you got to give it to them. Got to give it to Nurse. Got to give it to their whole staff. That's a nice team. I, I'll probably enjoy rooting for them, even though uh, they don't have Kawhi, which was a big reason I rooted for them a bit last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too much more to say about that game. It was a real grind out. Nobody really shown, uh, shined offensively. Lou Williams had a decent game, and so did Harold, but they even weren't particularly great. They were just they were their usual selves. Nobody really stood out offensively for you, did they? I mean, Pat Patterson was exceptional for him. So, yeah, it was it was not particularly fun to watch. <laughs> it was a good win, though. 
It was a good win. We can talk a little bit about the Rockets game. Uh, the Rockets game was frustrating. The Clippers were doing their whole turn on in the fourth quarter thing, and it almost worked. Uh, Kawhi did have 26 and 12 and 7 um, and hit a three-pointer, a four-point play that put the Clippers up by four in the waning minutes. And then and their offense just kind of fell apart. Tre- uh, Trez was really bad this game. I felt like in the first quarter he was just missing shots, and then the Rockets kind of honed in on him the rest of the game, yeah. and it just set a bad tone. Uh, Jamichael Green had a nice game, really spurted them in the fourth quarter to mm-hmm. bring them With back. all those threes, yeah. Yep, he was great in the corner. Um, Mo Harkless, I'm going to talk about Harkless a little bit to close this game, but I've just really enjoyed him. And it seems like him and Zubat are developing chemistry uh, on, on these yeah. roles when he's rolling to the basket and he spots, knows where Harkless is, which is awesome to see. But really, there's not much to say about this game. Uh, the Clippers really played crappy all game, had a couple of spurts and came back in the second quarter and in the third, uh, star of the fourth. But really, they did not play well, did not really deserve to win this game, and they just got worked at the end. They felt like they were sort of aimless with offensively near the end of this game. Possessions were terrible. A lot of isos, step-back Kawhi threes, just Lou Williams, just not getting into, into any spots he wanted to get. And Harden, um, playing great. I got to give him credit. He was really good this game. He shot fantastically i mean for him he went 12 for 26 but specifically he went seven for 13 for three which from three which he has not been doing this season and he really broke our backs from three-point range he was very very good i have to give james harden credit i don't like watching him but he is an effective scorer that is for certain yeah i mean harden is is great and he really took it to the clippers in that one i agree i thought trez had one of his worst games as a clipper really um and that one really tough to watch. It was, it was baffling that he got 38 minutes to Zubat's uh, 10. Just yeah. very, you know, I'm generally a big Doc fan, and I think he's been really good uh, during his time as a Clipper, you know, especially over the past couple of years. And I think for the most part, he's been pretty good this season as well. But that was definitely not one of his finer games. Um, you know, Zoo wasn't necessarily playing great. Uh, but it was really weird that he only played 10 minutes in that one and was not a fan. Um, Especially since he was so effective in his limited minutes. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like one of his absolute best, but he, right, certainly, right. he was certainly playing better than Trez and was just a better matchup for what the Rockets were doing. Um, I think this was also notable as the probably the end of the Patrick Patterson experiment. Um, <laughs> he was minus 12 in four minutes. I mean, but the real – the only recurring theme for the Clippers season thus far is that they've been awful in first quarters until their game against the Hawks. And, you know, I think it's hard to blame it all on Patterson because for him, I think he's been fine. Agreed. And he's certainly not the root of the issue, but he hasn't really helped either. Um, and I thought it was notable that the Clippers played so much better in the first quarter I mean, the Hawks are really bad defensively, so it could have just been a fluke as well. But um, it's been past time for him to uh, step out of the rotation and out of that starting spot. And it's a good thing he did in that game um, because they just – in that first quarter, they were just awful. The the Rockets swarmed them. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that was was a tough loss because it looked like they had it. And then they really just fell apart offensively, taking some – awful shots, yeah. not getting back in transition. Yeah. Um, there was that play where they let Harden just step into the three-pointer, which yeah. he buried. And, yeah, just not a great game. It was also the game that Rodney Magruder finally got a couple shots to drop 
which seems to have gotten him on track because he's been great the past two games. Uh, so in some ways, that one game, I don't know, really you know, will be remembered that much. But I think between maybe Magruder turning a corner and Patterson leaving the rotation, it could have some uh, kind of lasting rotational impact. So, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and talking more about Magruder, since this next game is when he really got on track, um, Magruder played 36 minutes against the Pelicans, was 5 of 7 from 3, 6 of 10 from the field, and the offense was really clicking. Paul George, of course, came back. Um, Lou, Lou Williams, Mo, Har- uh, Mo Harkless, uh, Trez were all in terms of starting lineup, as well as Terrence Mann. So really, it was a completely different starting lineup. And the team looked like it was kind of gelling offensively. In fact, they did outscore New Orleans by one in the first quarter and only to get blitzed at the end of the first half uh, and made it back up in the third. But this is hard, kind of a tough game. I think it was third and – was it third and four nights? Or at least it was the second game of a, of a back-to-back. Yeah, and it was the, third and four, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. And those yeah. are always tough. And, you know, this is a frustrating loss, absolutely. The, Pel- the Clippers still have more talent than the Pelicans – even on paper, but Drew Holiday just took it to them and he was due to have a great game and he uh, he really just owned it down the stretch and you have to just kind of tip your cap and move on. Derek Favors really killed us. He was a, he had a 20-20 and just like effortless offensive rebounds over and over again. He had nine offensive boards. It was super frustrating. Um, they had their they had one of their young guys, uh, what was it, Frank Jackson had a nice game too. Um, JJ Redick looks not like JJ Redick of the Clippers, but he still scored against us. And really, they just they had a they had a bunch of nice games. Really, you have to kind of give your give them credit. I mean, I'm frustrated the Clippers lost this game. This is another game they could have won, and they kind of just lost their footing down the stretch. Um, and of course, they played half of the game without Paul George. And this team, you know, half without Paul George, even though they they kind of did well offensively, they still they still could use that superstar out there. Still, it was frustrating. I mean, how, how were your feelings on this game, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, a pretty bad loss. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you mentioned, Paul George was in foul trouble. And on a night where they didn't have Kawhi or Pat Beverly or Landry Shamit, right. you know, not having Paul George for half the game either and not getting to choose which half of the game is tough. You know, Trez and Lou were really good offensively. Um, but the Pelicans were attacking them on defense. Was Michael getting, couldn't get his shots to fall. Um, was you know, worked on defense, and he probably was tired too. It's yeah. very deceptive because he looked like fairly efficient in this game, but he was he felt like a negative. And it's actually his plus minus was a minus twenty. Yeah, Lou was. This was a weird Lou game because yeah, he looked really good, and his offense kind of. Help the Clippers stay afloat along with Paul George. But, yeah, his defense was really, really, really bad. Um, And the numbers do show that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Clippers really, a lot of this was just Rodney Magruder was on fire. And him hitting five threes really helped them stay in a game that they probably shouldn't have had any business staying in. Um, I thought the Pelicans kind of firmly outplayed them for most of it. And maybe things would have been different if Paul George wouldn't have had that foul trouble. But, um I mean, Drew Holiday was unstoppable. He stripped PG several times down the stretch. Just phenomenal defense. Uh, Derek Favors was a monster. Another game where Zubats should have played more. He got 12 minutes off the bench. Just, you know, Trez is good. And in a vacuum, he is a better player than Zubats. But 
there are nights where I think the Clippers just need more of what Zubats has to offer. Um, because he can do a decent impression of Trez in the pick and roll. He's obviously not as ferocious. He doesn't have his offensive skill, but he can set solid screens and finish around the hoop, which at bottom is what a pick and roll big man needs to do. And he's much, much better defensively and on the glass. And when the Clippers offense is rolling, some of that is due to Trez, uh, but there are times where they just need that defensive presence more. And I thought, you know, that was a game that again, Zoo probably should have played a little bit more, but, you know, again, like you mentioned, have to tip your cat to the Pelicans. They were just really good. You know, all of their guys showed up to play. Frank Jackson was really good off the bench. Um, Etuan Moore had a nice game. Uh, Reddick hit some shots. And, yeah, Favors and, and Holiday were just great. Um, and Kenrich Williams, really good, too. Um, yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was, that was a fun game, but uh, the Clippers came out on the wrong side of that one. Definitely feels like when Pat Beverly is missing these games, especially when Pat Beverly and one of our big two are missing games, then Magruder should be getting a lot of minutes, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, especially- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he should be getting at least 25. I mean, he played 36 in that one. Um, yeah. He should be getting at least 25 minutes a game when Beverly and Shamit are out, probably over 30. Yeah, even in general, I feel like if Shamit is out and we don't have – Paul, George, or Kawhi, then Magruder should probably start. Like, I, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, maybe it's small sample size theater, but I've been waiting for Magruder to kind of show a lot of naysayers, like, why he is such a legitimate asset. And I think he particularly showed that in this next game also against Atlanta, where he was all over Trey Young, super smart defender, just moves his feet really well. And then when his shot is going, he's just a very – I feel like he's kind of an underrated offensive player. He knows how to get to his little floaters – how to make one, two dribbles to the lane. Um, and if he's a decent shooter, if he can get to 36, 37%, he's a huge asset from off our bench or even starting for spot starts. And yeah. uh, it was really good to see these last couple of games. Any thoughts about Magruder? Rob? I mean, I thought he was really good. And I thought Doc Rivers made really nice decisions uh, for the starting lineup um, as the Hawks. I think yeah. Mann was going to start with Beverly out, but I think moving in Magruder – and keeping in Harflix and creating like this switchy, lengthy um, perimeter defense um, with Paul George as the offensive fulcrum ended up working really well. Again, the Hawks are, are not very good and are especially bad defensively, uh, but that lineup was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the Clippers to a huge lead in the first quarter, and then when the bench kind of gave it away, they got them back out to a nice lead in the second quarter and then kept it going in the third. Um, lineup was just really good. Magruder is a key part of that. He did pick up five fouls starting young, uh, but in his 19 minutes, Trey was really unable to get going. Um, Magruder hit a couple threes as well. Overall, I mean, he was a plus 31 in, in 19 minutes, which is pretty crazy. Um, he was just really good. And yeah, I mean, I think he was underrated this summer. And, you know, as always, fans are very quick to judge and we're ready to throw him under the bus and declare him, you know, Avery Bradley 2.0. That's just not not really fair to him. He's a better defender. He's a better shooter. Just a better player. And um, yeah, yeah, he should absolutely be starting. Uh, if if Beverly and and Shamit are out, he should be one of the guards starting for the Clippers. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I was frustrated with Magruder too. His shot was completely off initially, and I was frustrated about that. But defensively, he's always had it. He's just looked like a player that's been ready to contribute. So I'm excited that his shot's falling and uh, that he looks kind of ready to go. 
Now talking about Magruder in an unhealthy Clipper team, we're going to talk about Paul George a ton, you guys. Just wait for it. <laughs> but when this team is healthy, even when while Shaman is out, I think you know the starting lineup hopefully will be uh, Beverly, George, Kawhi, Harkless, and Zubat, which is super exciting. Yeah, uh, and I think that one has just come together. It just There were some questions about who would start. Um, I think even when Shamit comes back, that should be the starting lineup. So that also makes sense. I, I agree with that. But so how are we going to make minutes? Because Magruder should definitely get minutes, yeah? So is he going to be playing some small forward? Or wh- how are we going to fit in Magruder with our bench lineup or when we stagger our play? I know we're going to probably stagger with Kawhi and Paul George, but I want to find I want to find minutes for Magruder early in the second lineup. So how do you, how do you see the minutes kind of crunching out when we are healthy? It's tough. I mean, quite honestly, you know, I just mentioned not to get too hasty and not to make any quick judgments. And a lot depends how long he's out. I could see Landry Shamit really losing a lot of minutes. Um, mm. You know, if the Clippers are basing themselves on this tough defensive, you know, long versatile group, Shamit doesn't fit in with that. And Magruder has played really well. Um, you know, Lou is going to get his minutes. Pat Beverly is going to get his minutes. And even Terrence Mann is making a play here. Now, I think Shamit will get minutes over Mann. Um, they do play somewhat different positions. Mann is playing point guard right now, but he's been used as a wing too. Um, but, I mean, I think Shamit's minutes are going to get caught quite a bit. Like, I think he can. I mean, he will and should be coming off the bench. And I don't know if he's even going to see much over 20 minutes per game. It might even be significantly less and just kind of if he's hot the Clippers might ride him a bit if not he might only be getting you know 12 to 15 minutes a lot of games because the Clippers have so many other guards and wings that need minutes so I think Magruder will be able to get his but in a fully healthy Clippers team I mean there are a lot of guys who need minutes and you know Jerome Robinson is not getting minutes when the Clippers are healthy Terrence Mann probably he, is he not getting minutes. with that 21 point game Rob uh, he played really well, but I mean, he did play really well. He's still not playing over any of the other Clippers guards. Um, and, you know, Terrence Mann is probably not getting minutes. There's a segment of Clippers fans that want Terrence Mann to start over Patrick Beverly. And to you all, stupid. you need to stop. You have to stop. You really, really need to stop. And he's um, not Shea Gilders Alexander. He just uh, the comps just make no goddamn sense. Outside but Matt, of them, Matt Matt looked really good this last game. He was aggressive. Doc mentioned too. He kept pushing the pace, which I love. If that if that's what he does, he should just push the pace all the time. Grab rebounds, run off the floor. And Doc mentioned that he got everything offensive sets within like nineteen twenty seconds. If he can just be a nidus for that kind of thing, and he was great using his body to drive into the lane. I just I don't see the Shea Gilles Alexander comparisons. I'm gonna stop uh, mentioning the two altogether. But I thought Mann really did his job really well this last yeah, game. Yeah, no, I mean I think yeah. Mann is has was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know his defense was good. You know Doc has mentioned it needs work. All rookies' defense needs work. Um, but I did like the way he the pace he played at. His passing is good. His rebounding is excellent. He's just a fantastic finisher around the basket. He has been for years in college. Um, Those little shots he's able to make and and the finishes in traffic are not a fluke. He's great at those. The one thing is he needs to shoot more, and he keeps passing up open shots, not just from three, 
but even from mid-range, he'll, he'll, he'll dribble and he'll get open and teams will kind of just back off and he'll just dribble the ball back out or, or find yeah. a pass. And it leads to these possessions that really puts everybody else at a disadvantage because mm-hmm. he's not taking an open look. And that needs to change. Um, but, I mean, th- just to address the Shea thing, I think we've talked about this before. Shea is just a much better scorer and shooter than, you know, than man is. Like, I think Shea was hesitant sometimes last year from three, but he would not be passing up these mid-range looks that man is. Just um, a much more comfortable scorer. Um, just very different type of player. Much, much better ball handler than man is. And... Yeah, I just don't see the comps at all. Like, man, the Clippers are grooming him to be a point guard, but he's always going to kind of be more of a wing. Um, you can just handle the ball a little bit. Whereas, anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I think uh, we beat this to death. Yeah, but yeah. man is good, though. Um, man, man is good, really promising. Well. He's yeah. very promising. He yeah. could possibly be like a point guard – you know, of, our, of the future, especially, you know, when Beverly's contract runs out and that's not going to be for a couple of years still, even after this year, but he is, uh, he is looking promising. He's not going to get many minutes on a healthy Clipper team, but that was a very promising showing good for Rome till he really needed a game like that. And he looked very good. He looked very comfortable handling the ball, scoring mid range, scoring from three, even though a lot of it was in garbage time, he had some nice cuts to the basket and finishes, um, he looked good, and he still looks pretty decent defensively, which is which is very, very good and very promising for his future. He's also not probably going to get minutes when this team is healthy, but two nice young pieces to have on cheap contracts, and it's uh, it's good. I, I'm excited for them. Hopefully they don't think they'll be getting many minutes this year, but maybe maybe next year when we're healthy. They were promising. Of course, we really we talked about Magruder a bit. Uh, we can maybe mention Harkless, who I love. He's just been one of my favorite Clippers. He uh, he has looked really, really good. Just heady player. He had- I think he's probably been the Clippers' most consistent player to start the season. Yeah, it's crazy to say, but it's probably true. I just feel like he's been such a such a you know Swiss Army knife a knife on defense and just go knows the right spots to go to and you know he's I don't know I don't even know what his splits are really I don't really know much about his stats but I just know that he's been playing well and he's been just an exciting player he's not even really shooting well from three yet um but hopefully that'll come too but he I think he's probably earned the starting power forward spot yeah uh yeah absolutely I think at this point there's no question I think he should start um I do like Jermichael Green with the second unit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Harkless just alongside Kawhi and Paul George is a ton of defense. It's a ton of length and size on the perimeter. All those guys can rotate and block shots under the basket. And, uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely proven himself. He's a smart cutter. As you mentioned, you know, at the, at the top of the pod, he and Zoo have developed a nice chemistry where Zoo is rolling and he finds Harkless kind of lurking under the basket for easy dunks. Um, he does not shoot um, a ton, and he does also pass up looks that he should take. But unlike, say, Jamichael Green, he can kind of attack off the dribble. Yeah, he's and- a decent, decent off the dribble repertoire. You know, not that we're trying to get to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, he can do some other things. He's he's very useful. Um, he's been great, and um, yeah, and I think he'll be a good fit with the Clippers stars. And yeah, speaking of the Clippers stars, um, 
guess. You know, we've kind of danced around Paul George, but uh, Paul George has been kind of unbelievably good in his first two games back. Um, the defense is clearly not quite there. Like Evan Turner beat him off the triple yesterday, He's... which I don't think would ever happen to a Lockton, <laughs> um, you know, not rusty Paul George, but the offense has been uh, absolutely incredible. He's been fantastic, like just on fire. His efficiency is through his shoe shooting percentages are through the roof. Uh, he's been amazing. What, like 30? Was it so? He had 37 in the last game. Was it 33 the first game? And he's just on fire from three. He had six threes, which was surprisingly his career high. Um, his last game with the Clippers in just 20 minutes, and I think offensively. He's so different from Kawhi. He's so fluid and just constantly in rhythm. You know, I, I worry about maybe, I think initially even when we first got these two, I was worried a little bit about Kawhi's ability to play with Paul, but not Paul's ability to play with Kawhi. Just because he's so good getting to his spots, moving off the ball. He's constantly in motion. Whereas Kawhi, I feel like, is more of like a center point to an offense where he's like, give me the ball, get out of my way kind of thing. Though Kawhi obviously has shown some better chops at passing. George, I just feels like I feel like he'll move without the ball very fluidly, even when he's not in his hands. And he has orchestrated things super well. That he he's been great. I don't really have much to say about him. Everything has just been working. Yeah, and I think you touched on something interesting, which is that Kawhi, even though it's weird because he kind of came from this defense first, you know, not all that high scoring mentality. I mean, the first few years in the NBA, he was not really much of a scorer. At this point in his career, he really does not play off ball very much. Right. Um, you know, he's very much – he runs the offense. He's methodical. He's slow. He gets the ball at the top of the key. He runs pick and roll where he takes an iso where he catches the ball in the post and bullies the defender. He does not just come off screens and shoot. Uh, you know, every once in a while he does. Paul George is a much more versatile offensive player um, and a much smoother scorer. And, yeah, I mean, I think – Really, what I, I think I tweeted this, but I think Paul George will be the Clippers' leading scorer. I think when they really need a bucket, they'll probably turn to Kawhi because of his ability to kind of get his shot off against anybody, especially that little mid-range you know, shot he's able to get either from the post or, or from the elbow to just get off against anybody. But I think for a lot of the games, they're going to be relying on Paul George because of his shooting, um, his ability to play off the ball, and just his, his way of drawing fouls, which is, is pretty incredible. So, I mean, I, I'm excited to watch them play together. I really hope that happens tomorrow. Um, it's been a month to the day since the NBA season started. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm ready to see uh, PG and Kawhi together. It's, it's been a, a bit of a wait. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how they're going to look together because they're such, such clashing styles it's going to be interesting to see how they're integrated together, but it's going to be, it's a great problem to have. They're going to be, they're going to be a handful. Do you have I mean, we can talk about Paul George for a long time. He, he was just so good. Anything else you want to mention about him? I don't even know what to say because offensively he just had every, he just has everything going. Like I'm, I, he's, He's just as good as he probably was to start last year. And if that's the case all season, then the Clippers really will be kind of a frightening team. Yeah, I mean, I think the shooting will – I mean, he's not going to shoot 59% from the field and 56% from three forever. Um, 
But what I think is important is that he's willing to take a lot of threes. He's able to get off a ton of threes because of his size and his quick release. And he can combine that with getting to the free throw line. And that efficiency is something that will be useful all season long, regardless of how, you know, him maintaining, you know, 57 points per 36 minutes while shooting, you know, at an 80% true shooting or whatever. Just absurd. It's just, it's not going to continue at this level. Um, but the tools are there, and he already seems like a very natural fit in, in Doc Rivers' offense and with this team. Um, I don't have too much else to say either. I expect the shooting and offense will fall off a little bit, but I do think the defense will improve a little. Um, I am curious to see how he and, and Kawhi will share the court. You know, I think there will be some awkwardness on offense, but I think the talent will be so great. It probably won't matter on a lot of nights. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think – he looks fantastic and he looks really healthy, which is a great sign. And honestly, you know, I thought the Clippers might load man him, but outside of maybe a minute limit um, and maybe an odd night off here or there, I don't think he's really going to be load man very much because he yeah. looks super healthy and uh, he doesn't really have a degenerative issue. So I hope he really plays outside of maybe a couple just days off here or there. Um, I really hope he plays basically the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think we have any back-to-backs coming up in the in the near future either. So um, I don't know if he'll be resting back-to-backs. We'll see. I mean, speaking of which, I mean, it's it's hard to not mention the fact that Kawhi missed an extra game and and we're worried about it. He has a knee contusion now. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's a little stressful. I mean, Doc has kind of talked everything down as far as, you know, it's not it's a minor issue and Kawhi will be back and – you know, Kawhi had a rough game against the Raptors. He still contributed. He had a pretty decent game against the against the Rockets, though he kind of faltered a little bit down the stretch, which we're not kind of used to seeing. You know, he does look a little gimpy at times. I, to me, it's like kind of I have to kind of look for it. Um, do you have any concerns about Kawhi? I mean, in general, like, does he look? Did he look hurt to you to end that Rocket game? I don't know about hurt. I mean, I think gimpy is a good word. Um, mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why the shot hasn't been there for a lot of the season is his, he does look like the legs aren't really fully under him yet, which could just be working himself back into, you know, playing a lot. It could right. be because, you know, he has this leg issue. Uh, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, the good news is that this knee issue, which has kept him out the past two games, the Clippers don't seem worried about it long-term. Um, even if he misses tomorrow, it does not seem like he's going to be out for very long. Um, it's it's not something that appears to be a real issue, which is very good. So, you know, I think I think he'll be fine. Um, but again, like I do think Paul George will be this team's leading scorer. Uh, he will cool off, but he just looks much more natural uh, than Kawhi does right there. I think it's going to be a great force. But um, I'm not I'm not too worried about Kawhi at least for this year. Like we discussed in our last pod, I think there are plenty of reasons to be concerned about him five years from now, uh, but we'll take that when we get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I have concern about Kawhi long-term, but I love him as a player and I'm excited for these two to play together. And it's just an exciting time to be a Clipper fan. I don't think I have much more to be, uh, to say about these games. I mean, Lou Williams and Trez are just doing their thing. We barely touched on them, but they're just, they're just Lou and Trez. And it's going to be exciting to have them on the second unit, probably staggered with maybe Paul or something along the lines. When I really, I am really curious to see how Kawhi and Paul George will be staggered. 
um, because that probably will be the best way to use both of them and how they'll be staggered ar- around like a Lou Williams and a, and a Trez when they come in together. It's going to be kind of an interesting thing to see. I have a lot of questions as far as seeing just how this Clipper team plays out with George and Kawhi together. But, uh, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about the other players. Terrence Mann looked great. We talked about him. We talked about Harkless and Magruder. Uh, Jermichael Green has still looked good, even though he's had some off-shooting nights a couple times in a, in a bit. Um, and Pat Patterson seems to be falling out of the rotation, which is also okay for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think he's served his purpose. But um, Yeah. And, you know, I think it's great that he's shown if the Clippers do need him for, like, 10 minutes in random games in the regular season going forward, they can, you know, they can throw him out there and he'll probably be fine. He absolutely um, seems like somebody who can be subbed in if Jamichael or Trez or somebody gets hurt and we just need a big body. He seems like a very yeah. competent enough player that he can, he can really, he can really emulate a lot of what we try and do with green particularly. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Doc is, is still figuring out rotations and still, you know, discovering how this team operates best. Uh, but hopefully we get, you know, Kawhi and Pat Beverly back soon, and we get, you know, a, a pretty close to healthy uh, Clippers roster. Um, you know, going forward, they, they play three games this week, I believe. Um, tomorrow will be a lot of fun. It's the return of Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Danilo Gallinari. Um, both of us have already talked about those players a ton on this podcast. Um, Listen, if, if, I, if I was home in L.A., I would – you couldn't keep me away from this game. Like, yeah. Shea, Shea Gallo are coming back. Chris Paul is coming back too, plus Kawhi and Paul George. Doc says it's likely that they play together. That's going to oh, be yeah. a game, man. Like, I would absolutely be at My Staples. dad is going to this game. Oh, this is, this, is a game to go, this is a game to go to if you're in L.A. In yeah. fact, like, I feel like the tickets – this would probably be – one of the most anticipated regular season games of the season. Um, it's just going to be a lot of fun seeing Shea and everybody back. And seeing Chris Paul back will be fun too. Chris Paul is kind of, absolutely. You know, he's mentoring Shea. And like, it's like a sweet story for Clipper fans to kind of see those two together. There are videos of them joking around in practice and like laughing at each other and like high-fiving. It's, it's, uh, it's adorable, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean – I think it's great. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to be at this game. Um, Shea and Gallo and CP, the bizarro Clippers out there. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be just very weird to see Shea and Gallo in particular, not in Clippers uniforms playing against the Clippers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have too much to say about that game. Um, what do you think our record's going to be this week, including that Pelicans game? They should beat Thunder. Yep. Uh, and they have a tough schedule. Boston's been really good. Mm-hmm. And Houston is obviously very good. But they do have days off. It's one every other day. And then New Orleans. Um, I say they go three and one. I mean, I think they possibly lose one of the Boston or Houston games. They really should beat the Thunder and the Pelicans. Um, I think they'll be up for blood against the Pelicans after that loss. Uh, the Pelicans might be healthier. They're dealing with a ton of injuries right now, too. Um, so maybe they're healthier next weekend. But still, I mean, the Clippers just have so much more talent than they do. Um, the Thunder, you know, Gallo and Shea and CP are all very good. Uh, but the rest of their team is not particularly good. Um, the Boston-Houston game should both be really, really good, though. I'm excited for mm-hmm. both of those. Uh, hopefully, even though they're, 
even though they're late night, I probably will try to stay up to watch. Well, Friday, Houston is Friday, so I should be fine for that. But I, I think I probably will try to stay up to watch the Boston game because by a lot of metrics, they've been the best team in the NBA thus far this season. Um, and they have a lot of big wings. They're probably, they might be the team best equipped to defend George and yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. They have so many big wings to throw mm-hmm. those guys with Tatum and Brown and Hayward and Marcus Smart. Um, you know, Hayward, be, Hayward will be missing that game, obviously, but yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that should be a really, really fun game. And then I think the Clippers will also be trying to get some revenge against Houston. So I'll say three and one. I think, uh, you know, it's reasonable that one of Boston or Houston will beat them even in yeah. LA. I'll be optimistic. Three and one, uh, you know, two and two is obviously also in play. The Celtics and the Rockets, neither will be coming off back to backs or anything, uh, though Celtics will hopefully be a little bit road weary by the time they come to L.A. They just lost in Sacramento. Um, so maybe they're a little vulnerable without Hayward and they, you know, haven't played maybe the best teams. So hopefully we can uh, we can take one off of them. But the Celtics absolutely look good. Kemba Walker is just fitting in really well and. And uh, Tatum is doing his thing. He's kind of gone back to what we've expected his trajectory to be as a player. So he's going to be – that's going to be an exciting game. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's going to be – it's going to be a fun week of basketball. Really, just a lot of fun games. Even the even the Pelicans game is going to be exciting just because they just beat us. So. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully the Clippers, now healthy, will stand out a little bit better. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this Clippers team healthy and, and ready to go. Um, but yeah, uh, before we get to Twitter questions, one thing we have been meaning to talk about that's yeah. just kind of falling through uh, is the broadcast. What do you think of the Clippers' new broadcast? I like them. I mean, I like seeing – I mean, Seaman is clearly a veteran of radio broadcasting. He is – <laughs> he has like alliteration for days. Like some of his catchphrases are hilarious, you know, uh, <laughs> leather larceny and, uh, mayhem at the rim. And he has, he has like all these little, all these catchphrases that he's ready to throw out there. When he, oh, there goes that man, <laughs> he, he's kind of corny and cheesy, but it's, it's, it's not bad considering we had Ralph Lawler for like my, our whole lives. So I don't mind it. And he's clearly just like very on point. He's very sharp. He never stumbles on his words. Like he's just, he's a pro's pro for certain. And Chauncey, I love that Chauncey, I love broadcasters that have recent NBA experience and when they can talk about it and dive into it, especially point guards. And Chauncey has like a lot of, he, he knows when to pick his moments, when to talk. His insight is always on point. And I just don't know if they're, they're not great with each other yet, um, which is kind of where they're lacking a little bit. I feel like their chemistry with each other, especially on like haggle, no haggles and stuff like that. It's, it's not where it could be possibly, but I think it'll come. I think they're both very competent at what they do. I miss Ralph. Like I'm going to miss Ralph probably all year, probably, probably for a couple, probably for, (laughs) yeah, forever. I can't say that, you know, I'm, I did not hear Ralph do games. I, I miss Ralph a lot. But I think Seaman is doing a good job. I think he's very he's very comfortable, and I think he will be a great Clipper voice for years to come. Um, I just yeah. think that the chemistry with each other is a, is a work in progress. I definitely prefer Billups over McGetty, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you know, I think I like Seaman quite a bit too. I think Lewis. I don't know if we actually talked about this on our actual pod or just beforehand. Seaman is definitely kind of more of a company man than Lawler was. Mm. Um, 
like he's very rah rah and he likes to kind of defend the Clippers players in it's not quite homerism, but like you know, it seems like he's unwilling to really criticize the Clippers very much. Whereas Ralph would sometimes kind of lament their effort or um, you know, how even particular guys were playing. I really haven't heard much of that from Seaman um so far. It could be just a comfort thing and he'll be a little more critical as he gets more accustomed to his role. Um, but I do think, you know, he's not quite going to be as, as critical as Ralph was. Though, I mean, Ralph also lived through some miserable basketball. So there's plenty to be critical of. Chauncey, I'm probably a little bit lukewarmer on than you because I do think, you know, it, it really comes down to preference. A lot of people do like the more, you know, analytical type of, you know, color commentators. I really like just entertainment. Again, sure. going back to like my, I just want to be entertained. And Chauncey does tell some good stories, but right. he's just very monotone and, and he's, very, no, he's no Bill Walton for sure. Yeah, he's very dry. I, you know, I couldn't, I don't know if I could handle 82 games of Bill Walton either. Um, <laughs> Who could, honestly? But, you know, the thing is, like, as, as ridiculous as a lot of what Ryan Holland said was on the broadcast, um, you know, I really did like his energy. And mm-hmm. none of the other people the Clippers have brought in sure. have had right, that. Right. Right, and right. It, I think it's really important. Like you know, not every color commentator needs that, but it's something I yeah. particularly like. Mike um, Smith had that. Yeah, Mike Smith did have that, and you know, to some extent, honestly, even you know, I will. No, I won't say Stan because that's very strong. You know, I liked Brian Bowen. Um, sure, I Bruce didn't Bowen. love yeah. him. Bruce Bowen. Wow. <laughs> Right. Uh, Ryan Bowen was, is a, another current basketball player. Uh, <laughs> right, Ryan Bowen. Well, I'm not a particular fan. But uh, uh-huh. I liked Bruce Bowen. Like, I thought he was a pretty good mixture um, of kind of getting excited about some stuff while also providing at least decent, not ridiculous commentary. Um, but Bill is fine. I do think he's better than McGetty. On the whole, he's definitely better than Hollins, um, who, again, like, I love his energy, but, like, just not up to the rest of the standards in terms of, I think, the actual commentary. And then I just can't deal with Don McLean. I know a lot of fans love him, but he is just too, way too dry for me. Yeah, he, he's perfect as a halftime guy. If yeah. He could, yeah, I like yeah. him as in that role, halftime and postgame. Um, but yeah... I like Bill. I can see what you're saying. He's definitely not much of an entertainer, <laughs> but uh, I think he has good insight. And uh, and I, I like point guards, honestly, that used to play the game that that do commentary. I think they offer a lot of good insight, and and uh, he has he has a lot of good takes. And I like I like his feel of the just the pace of things, and and he likes the Clippers. Like I think I do think he connects with the Clippers, being a former player during his brief stint with the Clippers, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's nice to have just a little slice of homerism, even if it's not over the top. And I remember thinking with Bruce Bowen, as much as he tried to be like a Clipper guy, like he wasn't a Clipper guy. I mean, ultimately he got fired because he wasn't a Clipper guy. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, <laughs> so, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that Bowen should have stayed. Um, right, no, but I see like, what I, you're saying. I loved him. But yeah, I thought in terms of his actual on air, I thought that was a good blend. But yeah, he was too far the other way in terms of not being really enough of a homer yeah um, but uh yeah i don't think i have too much else to say i mean generally i think the commentary has been solid it's not one of the best on the pass but mm-hmm. it is certainly far from the worst too um, yeah 
So, it's, not like, it's not like the Spurs team, which is just... Oh, God, or the Rockets. <laughs> the Rockets. There are some uh, really dreadful ones out there. Yeah, my gosh. Speaking of, like, former players, the Spurs with, with Sean Elliott and the Ro- and the Rockets with uh, Clyde Drexler. Oh, awful. my God. Really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chauncey's better than those guys. Uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for, for this portion. I mean, we'll go with uh, uh, Twitter questions, of course, but I yeah. think I'll do it yeah, for we have a few. talking about the team. Yeah. Yeah, so um, first question from at Andrew from five to seven. Very frequent, um, you know, question, questioner, questioner. Question man. <laughs> question man. Um, I'm fantasizing about a starting lineup of Kawhi, PG, Pat Bev, Mayan, and Zubots because I feel like they'd be a terror defensively. Any chance you think Doc does this? Am I overrating this lineup? I mean, I think that'd be a good one. But really, I mean, I think just subbing Mo Harkless for a man makes that better. Um, because Harkless is much better than Mann is defensively. Mann certainly offers more ball handling and more mm-hmm. playmaking um, than Harkless would. So I think that lineup would be quite good, actually. But I think Harkless is is the safer choice. And the whole point of putting Kawhi and PG at the two and three so they don't have to deal with bigger guys. And if you have Mann out there, one of them would have to guard fours most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I think the Clippers are trying to avoid that. So I think... I do think that lineup would be good, but I mean, I think the Harkless one is better. I think, I think, I mean, really this question kind of boils down to Terrence Mann and his utility. I mean, I think Mann really showed his potential as a contributor on this team in that Hawks game. There's his ability to push pace, um, his ability to just distribute. He has great, he has really good vision for somebody who hasn't played point guard most of his career. And, but defensively, honestly, like, I know we were all excited about man coming in and he had some flashes in that Hawks game of some competent defense, but he loses his guy often. I feel like, I feel like when the ball isn't directly in front of him, he kind of loses track of where his guy is, which is like a rookie mistake. He has all the tools to be a nice defender, but he's not going to be in like a lockdown lineup or anything just yet, you know? So he has a lot of defensive potential, but I don't, I don't know if he's there just yet. He's, I think he's exciting yeah. in a way that I feel like if the game is super slow, I can see, and like we just seem like we're bogged down, that I could see Doc giving him some minutes and being like, hey, man, like go go and uh, see if you can push this game's tempo a bit. And maybe that's something he can do because he was really effective at doing that yesterday. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's good, and I think he will get time this season, but um, I would not start him over Mo Harkless or really even Rodney Magruder. Um, yeah. Next question from Kyle at Bengals Junkie. Should Terrence Mann or Jerome still get minutes off the bench once Bev and Kawhi are back? If you had to choose only one to give those minutes to while Bev is out, who would it be? Um, I would give them to Mann. I think he's a better fit to replace Beverly in terms of defense and passing and playmaking. And, um, you know, should they still get minutes once Bev and Kawhi are back? If he, I mean, I think, if Shamit is still out, then one of them probably will get minutes, um, but probably not very many. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think just not necessarily just because in a vacuum man is better, though I think he might be, um, but just because I think he fits better what the Clippers need from, from that particular spot than Jerome does. I think I'd rather play him. Yeah, I mean, I've said pace so many times. I just don't sound like an analyst, but I think man's ability to push pace is better than Jerome's ability to work pick and roll and, and second and play make because I mean, Jerome has improved. He looks better this year, but 
his ability to run pick and roll is just so much it's not close to any other of our other pick and roll players like Lou or Kawhi or Paul George, that that ability is less important than somebody like Mann, who has the ability to push the pace as a point guard, which we just don't have that many point guards on this team to do. So I would rather give Mann minutes right now than Jerome, but Jerome has improved. You know, I I think that's good to see that he's improving. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to knock Jerome because the Hawks game was the best game of his NBA career by a massive mile. Um, and it was really good to see him shooting the three with confidence and making a couple of plays off the dribble. Uh, so not to knock him, but I do think man is, is probably a better fit. Um, yeah. Next question from Matthew Morale at the Skyro. Are the offensive struggles due more to missed shots or lack of coherent offensive system around Kawhi yet? I think really it's mostly missed shots. The Clippers are just missing a ton of open threes and mostly taken by good three-point shooters. Um, I do think, you know, some of the rhythm and you know, offensive flow isn't quite there yet because they haven't developed chemistry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of it is really just missed shots. Yeah. Um, I think Seaman even mentioned that we were like 26% on open threes before that Hawks game. That's really bad, man. And yeah. so if you make those shots, sometimes it is a make or miss league. Uh, you know, not quite what Patrick Beverly believes, <laughs> but sometimes that's what it is. And we have just been missing a lot of good looks. You know, the offense has bogged down in some of our losses. And, but I don't really think that's based on like the system. I just think that's based on some situational Um, components and Paul George has run the offense like he's been like he's been doing it for years he looks amazing running the offense so I wouldn't say it's necessarily the team just you know the team obviously will have some rust playing together but I think we're mostly missing shots yeah agreed um final question is uh James at Don's Clips Pat thoughts on pace versus Hawks Compared with Pelicans Rockets, seemed like me and Jerome we were almost under instructions to sprint up the court when primary ball handler. I think they were under instructions yeah. to go up the court quickly. Uh, Man in particular does like to push the pace, as we've mentioned all pod. But yeah, I mean, I think they were instructed to push the pace. Um, for a lot of it was because they were getting stops, and you know, it's a truism, but it's it's. It's like that for a reason, which is that mm-hmm. when you get stops, you can push the pace and get out in transition, which leads to offense. Um, and similarly, when you score an offense, you can set up your defense, which leads to better defense because you're not scrambling in transition. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of it just had to do with the Clippers were able to get a lot of stops because their defense was better and therefore were able to push the pace. But I do think instructed them to and I think it, it ended up you know with a really nice result and I think they should put, push the pace more I definitely feel like that's a concern of Doc he always talks about pace always it's like this is, it wasn't our pace this wasn't playing to our pace yada yada and I think the Clippers have shown that they can grind out wins that's great especially for the playoffs and it's a grinding out wins honestly because Lob City was filled with great pace and I mm-hmm. felt like we ran out teams and that was awesome because we got easy wins but grinding out, grinding out games are, is probably more, you know, more indicative of how good we'll do in the playoffs. But in the season, you want you want better pace. It'll make things easier for you. Hopefully, you can blow out some teams and rest some guys. So, I definitely think Man, Rome, Blue, everybody was just told to push the pace, and they did. It is super successfully. It'll be interesting to see how we can maintain that pace with Kawhi because he's he's such a different different player than that kind of speed. I feel like, but. Yeah. 
he could probably adjust to it too. And uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see everybody just everybody together and how how pace will be dictated then, and uh, how we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really it for me. Um, you know, this is a, a fun week. Even though the Clippers had a couple rough losses, watching Paul George has been a treat through two games. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully this upcoming week has more good games and hopefully we get to see Kawhi and Paul George together for the first time. Yeah. Are you happy about that trade now <laughs> Now that we see Paul George? <laughs> I've, I've always been happy. I was never one of the people who's like, you know, maybe this will, yeah. you know, if the Clippers don't win a title and Shea becomes a superstar, you know, two or three years from now, it could look bad, but it's not one of those trades that in hindsight will be stupid. You know, not like the Nets trade, which was dumb almost as soon as Billy King made it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just very different. Um, and it's something the Clippers should do and would do every single time. Uh, Paul yeah. George and, and Kawhi are two top 10 players at the very worst. And yeah, I mean, when they're both together, I think the Clippers are going to be very, very difficult to beat. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I rationalized that Billy King trade a little bit just because I, I had images of Garnett, old Garnett uh, in my head some, but that was, wow, what a bad trade that was. This is definitely not that trade. I miss Shay, but uh, I'm really excited about these Clippers, and that'll do it for this episode of the Law of the John the Podcast. Listen to Same Old Clippers, best segues in the game, man. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very different type of podcast really. um but i think it's good we're doing both um yeah so yeah no uh, this was this is good and yeah well the same old clippers will be back you know sometimes we only we only do it after losses so after losses. But we'll be around <laughs> yeah thanks for listening everybody and uh leave us a nice review and whatever you listen to us to and as always go clippers